The first reading this morning is from Romans 8. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God, God's people in accordance with the will of God. The second reading is from Psalm 46. Listen to what the Spirit has to say to us today. God is a refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble with its tumult. Be still and know that I am God. I am exalted among the nations. I am exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Friends, for the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. And we pray. God, we thank you for this message of hope, this invitation to know that you are with us. Help us today as we listen to these words, that they may become true in our lives, that our trust may shine through each action, and that we will know that you are with us. Amen. As we begin this sermon series, thinking of being still, of knowing that God is with us, and knowing that all of life, in all of its ups and downs, we can trust that God is with us. Even when it seems very difficult, I've, oftentimes this is a scripture I read at the graveside because I find it to be very powerful for us in a time when we see an end, to trust that in God, even our endings are new beginnings. And so today, the invitation is to think of this concept of being still, of letting go of trusting. And everything that we learn in our culture is usually what? It's about action and activity and busyness. And I, I look at uh, Kelly and I laugh and think about her Bible that we talk about. It's not really a Bible. It's her binder of a schedule that, that she's got an amazing skill in keeping a calendar. And oftentimes, whenever we're planning events, we say, where's Kelly? <laughs> because if she has it in her Bible, we know, we know that it's true. We know that it's important and, and it's happening and when it's happening. But part of that is that we have so many things going and we have to have this organization because life is just so full of activity. Even when you're not in the midst of all that activity, it seems like the busyness never stops, even in your mind. When we think uh, in our later years in life, when action is not so much part of daily life because you may be limited. Your mind is still as active and your mind is still as, as uh, chaotic 
as it is today in terms of producing thoughts, noise, and even the, the world around us is full of noise. I remember actually um, the first time, I grew up in, in Damascus, Syria, so it's a, it was a city of about five million people. I loved that noise. I remember the first time I went to a small town and it was quiet at night. Like, how do people sleep in this? This is ridiculous. I need the noise. I need all that stuff that's happening. And it's funny because now it's the opposite for me. Now if I go to a large city and there's noise, I think, how do they sleep through that? But it's, noise is part of our world, and it's so much, even, when, even if you're living in a small town like Batavia, noise is still a big factor because we have it now on our phones, we have it TV, we have all kinds of things that are distractions and always keep going at us. Uh, last night, my phone flashed probably 10 times with all this weather stuff alerts. And of course, I thought, why did I have it right next to my bed? Um, you know, because I, even though it was silence, the light kept coming on and I'm a light sleeper. But that just tells us, again, we're so connected to all that noise and all that activity and we want to not miss out. The problem, of course, there's nothing really, really wrong with being busy. The problem comes for us is when we are, it becomes an internal state for us. This busyness, this sense of angst and anxiousness and anxiety and about everything and even little things that become really important. You're always checking the news. You're always checking your phone. It becomes a habit of the heart. It becomes a habit of your life. And it's very hard to break away from that to really feel uh, deeply the experiences of life. You're always stuck in the next thing and the next thing and the next thought, and you never go deeply into what is in front of you. So today, we are invited to consider being still and to know God. And a couple of examples that came to me from the popular culture about this, the importance of being still. One is something called slow TV. Any of you have heard of the concept of slow TV? Yeah, a an art class, I guess, with uh, Mrs. Antonucci, that's at one of the high school teachers. Uh, this is how I learned about it from my daughter. She goes, she comes home and she goes, you need to watch slow TV. I said, what is slow TV? I've never heard of such a thing. And it's a Norwegian uh, kind of concept that started where they would just record an experience, an ordinary experience, like a train ride, and let you just watch that for six hours. So you see the scenery as if you're there. Or a fire that you're watching the logs just keep going and, you know, it goes on for hours, just like real life where slow kind of experiences of life or a, a, a what, what is it, the, they have... Uh, like a Norwegian cruise or river cruise, and then you see all the scenery, all kinds of little things to help people settle down and just be. Imagine that. I mean, how, at first I started watching and I said, well, this is boring. Why am I watching TV for that? I could just watch the fire in my fireplace. Why do I have that TV concept? But again, you can look at it as a concept to help people settle down and slow down, and especially their internal state. Another example came to me from uh, a book called, um, it's by Cal Newport, and it's called Deep Work. 
deep work is the idea that he discovered as a, a social scientist that most of us in our work check the email all the time or get interrupted or you know we have people coming into the office or our jobs require that we go from one place to another like a nurse or a doctor you're hopping from one room to another or a teacher or a, a speech therapist you know a lot of different professions that require us to do that but what it does to our brain is that we don't perform at a peak level because of that constant distraction that is happening. And in this book, Cal Newport talks about this concept of attention residue. So if you're engaged in a deep kind of process of work, whatever task that you might have at hand, and you get interrupted, whatever that interruption might be, you start shifting to the next thing, but a part of your brain is still with the first task that you were working on. So you're never really, that attention residue is there. And so it leaves you kind of at a disadvantage for the new thing. And not only that, it's not only about a brain function, but your level of happiness goes down when you're doing that. When your brain is constantly shifting gears and you're always interrupted and not able to focus, you feel anxious. You do, you do not have the same satisfaction of just you know, saying, this is the task I'm working on and I'm gonna turn off the notifications or I'm gonna turn the lights off out there so people don't know that I'm actually in here working. Whatever it is that we need to do to just focus one moment at a time on what we are doing. And I love this because that's exactly what the psalm was saying to people who were struggling, people who had experienced the exile, people who were feeling the odds against them to be huge. And you may be experiencing that right now in your own life. How do you respond? I was talking yesterday to someone who said, you know, when the anxiety comes at night, when I'm trying to sleep, I can't turn it off. How do you deal with it? And so, it's not about fighting that anxiety, but shifting your attention to something else. Really shifting your attention to being in the presence of God. And that's what the psalmist was saying. People need to learn. And through practice, like um, Tanner could tell you in the confirmation process, we ask them every year the same question. And it always is amazing to, to pay, what's the question we would ask at the beginning of the class each time? Where have you seen God? That's it. See, he remembers it because it was kind of like the anxiety-producing question. Now I have to find an answer for it. But it was really an interesting experience, paying attention in your daily life, not to all the busyness, but to really seeing the presence of God in the daily experiences. So this psalm has this word in the Hebrew language where it says, be still. A better or a more accurate translation is cease your striving, stop your striving. Because people have this feeling, like when you are in a bad spot, when you feel anxious, what do you do? What's your, like normally, what's the mechanism? If you, if you are in a tough spot and you do what? Pardon? Hurry to get, get out of it, hurry, yeah. So you, you kind of get anxious and you get, you know, I need to do more things. So then the normal activity, and I, I think of swimming as learning to swim when you are first, when you first go into the water, your natural instinct is what? 
to fight it, to, to flail and to do that. And that you don't, what ends up happening is you start drowning. And they tell you, stop, slow down, float. And that it takes so long to trust the water, to trust that you can float and you can be intentional about your movement. And so this is what the psalm is saying. Stop the striving that leads to nowhere. Actually, it actually leads us to be stuck in where we are. And to know God, to know the presence of God is to really focus our attention with our hearts, minds, and whole beings to sit and to be present. And so this week, uh, we're starting this uh, sermon series, and I'm going to invite you to take it home with you in the sense that we want you to practice, because a lot of things, you could hear them on Sunday morning and, you know, say, oh, yeah, that sounds really good. But what happens two hours later? You're back to your normal life, and all of that is forgotten. And so this is an invitation to practice something daily. Uh, it's this uh, devotional, Be Still, by Jacob Armstrong, is on the website of the FPC, uh, Batavia.org. If you want to get a, a hard copy of it, there are copies in the hallways. Grab one, take it home. But the invitation is to take time at the beginning of each day, hopefully the beginning of each day. It may not work out for you because of your schedule to do that. You may have to do it at midday or at night. But don't let it just be something you do when you have time. Because I can guarantee you, most days you won't have time. If you're like me, if you put that off and say, well, once I settle down, it never happens. Unless I say, this is important. I'm going to take that five, ten-minute period of time to really be in the presence of God. And so the invitation is to take these... Uh, Bible verses, there's a Bible verse, and each day a reflection and a time to just for you to connect with God. And so what we're going to do right now is uh, invite you to participate in the first day. And guess what? The first verse is from Psalm 46. So I'm going to invite us to take, uh, and it's kind of conducive because it's kind of dark in here, but don't fall asleep. But actually, if you fall asleep, that's fine. It's, it means that you didn't get a good night's rest, and that's what you need to do. So whatever works for you. But we're going to uh, take a deep breath and invite you to close your eyes and settle in your seat and let go of any tension in your body. You may be feeling an ache or two. Again, let those go. Now center yourself. And listen to these words from Psalm 46. Listen with your whole being. God is an ever-present help in trouble. God is an ever-present help in trouble. Let God speak to you about how this verse is related to your life right now and maybe to the world.
Thank you, God, for this time that we could share together. May the stillness and peace of these moments carry over into the movement of our days. Amen. <laughs>